Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good afternoon, wherever you are. Good afternoon, whoever you are. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. JoJo's World is a revolutionary podcast, the like of which you've never heard before, in which it's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where we are recapping and discussing Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. That sounds penetrable. That sounds self-contradictory. Yeah. Today, we've got a tasty treat for you. <gasps> what? <laughs> I've made cookies. No. Oh, uh, oh. I'll never make you cookies. Will you ever make me I will co- never. And if you ever ask me again, I'll challenge you to a sword fight. But, but Never. Oh. Fine. Today, Nick, we have a, a, what, a combination... Uh, Nanami episode recap episode. You said it with such conviction as well. Anyway, yes, yes. Yeah, I live my life only by my convictions. <laughs> uh, combination Nanami episode recap episode, specifically recapping all the Nanami shenanigans episodes, that deep, tasty lore mm. that we're so hungry for. The strong arcs that everyone wanted to see but never did. And, and speaking of did. strong arcs, yeah. then we kick off what I'm assuming is the final arc of Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. And I'm so pleased to share that after much speculation and anticipation, Mm -hmm. we have seen a red car in this TV show. And when I say a red car, I mean probably about 40 red cars. (laughs) So we've seen the red car that people drive around in and are emotionally manipulated in. But it's it's an actual red vehicular car. And then followed by, like, a bunch of cars that come out of the ground. And shoot their beams up into the air as duels. So red cars uh, seem to be fulfilling the same role in this new arc that uh, desks with things on them Mm -hmm. did in the last arc. In that they're in the dueling arena and they symbolise the progression of the duel. Mm. Or, in the first arc, air. Yes, void. Mm. Complete nothingness. Yes. Absolute destiny apocalypse. And, oh, God... We'll get to it when we get to it, but new stock footage sequences this episode. Mm. Game changer. Oh, and the bed. We got the bed. Episode 25, Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, is an absolute game changer. If you think you knew what came before, you don't. And if you did, well, that's just hubris, man. Let me just say it will revolutionise the way that the show progresses. You've got no choice but to watch this show. You've got literally no choice but to listen to JoJo's World and subscribe (laughs) to to (laughs) patreon.com slash JoJo's World. That's it. That's it, right there. Capitalism at work. Uh, everyone should also check out the uh, the opening titles to... Uh, what's it called? Oh, this fucking hockey thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, goddamn fucking... The oh, Nagano look. tapes from Five Rings Films. A hockey documentary about... Uh, like the first time the Czech Republic won the Hockey Olympics or something like that. But it opens with a homage slash recreation of the Evangelion theme uh, set to hockey and historical footage. Like, there are words flashing up like communism, capitalism, revolution. 1998. 1986. And it's just literally the Evangelion theme. It's very weird. Who knows? Who cares? It's just good. It's the Olympics, baby. Yeah. Nick. Yes. The secret Nanami diary. Mm. We're getting right into it today. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We're doing two episodes because one's a recap, but then that second one is meaty. Mm, The sisterhood of traveling Nanami. Yeah. Uh, Looking for 
Nanami Brandy. Uh, Lost in Nanami Ton. Oh, what's that fucking Australian uh, novel and play where Cloud it's like. Street? No, no, no. Good guess. <laughs> Great guess. Yep. But no, the one where it's like, oh, colonialism, how scary to get lost in the bush. Lockie Leonard? No, also by Tim Winton. Uh, Jeopardy? No, that's not even. That's like a BBC production, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh... Um, fucking uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. What the fuck is picnicking hanging rock? Uh, you know, I described it going into it, Nick. That's fair. So. That's fair. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> the Secret Nanami Diary. Hmm. Picnic at Secret Nanami. <laughs> After a mishap puts Mitsuru in the hospital, Mitsuru Suwabuki, of course, Nanami's uh, child Nubile butler. Slave boy, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you say tomato. <laughs> I, s- <laughs> <laughs> I say tomato. Uh, puts him in the hospital. Utena and the Nanami stumble upon a diary he's kept. That details Nanami's every plot since the time he's known her. <gasps> every plot. Uh, and then that's that's basically the framework. You remember like the first Simpsons recap episode where it still had like a coherent plot of its own? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of that. That vibes. Mm. But a lot less of a plot. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and clearly a budget-saving measure because... 90% of the new conversations that occur in this episode are behind, are silhouettes behind a curtain mm. uh, and no mouth movement. But fine episode, I guess. Yeah, good banter. Yeah, we got Here some nice moments. is the episode note <gasps> from our favourite person, Ikahara. Ah, uh, give it to me, Ikahara. This is just a secret between you and me. Tell me more. But when I was 14, I confessed to the girl I loved for a long time and she turned me down. (gasps) That happened to me! Did it? No. Okay. I didn't have any girls in my (laughs) life. (laughs) I couldn't give up. I secretly followed her when she left school. That is me, though. That's a red flag. (laughs) Yep. Was that you? (laughs) I can't remember anymore. I hope not. Maybe. Who knows? I secretly followed her when she left school. But as I did so, mm-hmm. a UFO telepathically transmitted this message to me. Shit, it's literally me. Stop acting like a stalker. Mm. Stalker? What's that? Is that some hip slang from the future? <laughs> and then the response from the UFO again. Live your life heroically. Live it with style. Mm. If you live heroically and with style... If I live with heroically and with style, what? When you grow up, you will direct an anime about girls revolutionising various things. Ah, that does make a lot of sense. Is yep. that it? Is yeah, that the that's whole it. Mo- oh my god. And there's a great comment from this Reddit thread. That's... Wait, what? I don't know if this makes sense or doesn't make sense. I'm so conflicted. And then someone points out it seems to be a sequel to the, uh, the author's note from the last recap episode. Mm. And that story may have sounded familiar, if you recall. Mm, it did and, sound very familiar, where he got a message from a UFO. Yeah, telling him not to be a sketchy guy. Yeah. And that if he do, if he does stop being a sketchy guy... Then he'll direct an anime about, about girls, girls revolutionising various yeah. things. It's more or less the same story told in a different manner. Mm. Very apt for a recap episode. Oh, it's like themes within themes. Yeah, metatextuality. Yeah, unidentified flying objects that no one will believe that you were abducted by. So, uh, we open with Nanami and Suwabuki walking together. Uh, Suwabuki is just telling Nanami her schedule, handing her the cheat sheet for her upcoming uh, test. At 3pm, you'll have a test. Here is your cheat sheet that you will take into the test with you that I have prepared for you. I'm in primary school. You're in high school. How I made this, do not ask. And then the stock footage of her being attacked by a horse from Suwabuki's introductory episode plays again. (gasps) But this time, he leaps in front of her and is 
uh, we are led to believe, struck and made knocked unconscious by it. A daring young lad. And then the bulk of the rest of the episode is in the infirmary, uh, and it's Suwabuki uh, waking up in the bed, surrounded on all sides by curtains, and then on the other side of the curtains, he can see the silhouettes of Nanami, Utena, and Anthe, thinking he's unconscious and reading his secret Nanami diary. Which we all know is definitely not meant to be read. Well, it contains see, secrets that Faux no pas one, reading someone's diary. Indeed it is. But no one can know the secrets within, lest his reputation yes. be ruined. And the, the emotional conflict is that he wants to interrupt them, but he realises he's nude and that would be so embarrassing. Mm. Certainly he couldn't just shout from beyond the curtain, hey, I'm awake, don't read my diary. Well, no, of course not. Like, what? It's the 90s. It was a different time. My name is Mitsuru Suwabuki. I'm an elementary school kid who has devoted his life to Nanami. Reads Utena. Yep. Uh, then we flash back to like... Uh, the very first part where we meet Nanami. Yeah, which is her public heroic face where she is standing up to her minions, Keiko and Ko, who are slapping at me. Yep. We're not going to recap all these flashbacks because we don't have time for it. We but, went through but them. But the recurring thing we see is it's all these scenes and then we'll, we'll have like... The shot will linger or we'll have a slightly changed bit of animation to reveal that Suwabuki is hiding there watching the whole thing. He was there the whole time. Like he's being chased by the elephants that leads to the car being crashed during the India sequence. He's uh, hiding under the table in the student council room <laughs> yep. to listen to Toga Kiryu talk Just about Nanami. Barely even hiding at that point. <laughs> uh, he's in the roof watching from a uh, ceiling panel uh, in the whole I'm going to put snails in her pencil box yep. sequence. And so on. If I didn't know any better, I'd say he was stalking her. But I don't know any better. <laughs> uh, and the whole thing, the whole joke of it in the first part of this episode is Utena and Anthea realising like, oh, hang on, yeah, Nanami has been plotting against us this whole time. We didn't know you were behind that weird dress that melted when it got champagne on it. And Nanami's like, what? No, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't I, me I'm at all. I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. This is lies and slander against mm. me. I'm a beautiful young uh, hypocrite. That no one suspects at all. Yeah. So a bookie is also watching from uh, the trees with opera binoculars when the body swap curry happens. Mm. Uh, and also, at the end of that episode, uh, we, we learned that he was the one who gave Choo Choo a banana as a souvenir from India, which led to Choo Choo dropping the banana peel, Nanami slipping on it, and crushing the <gasps> 900 billion fold curry. The inciting incident. Oh my god, no, the opposite of that. The, the anti-inciting incident. Also, just a weird couple of shots where he is there watching, and behind him are three elephants with the hair and glasses of those three identical boys. Just normal stuff. Just stuff that you can really just go, yeah, that, that tracks. He's uh, curled up in the infirmary just listening to them. Yeah. List off these moments. And he's going, oh no, they can't read my secret. That will make Nanami hate me and I can't have that. The secret. The secret. Liam, the secret. The secret is when you um, put what you want out into the world and then you <sighs> get a, b a bike or whatever. My mum tried to convince me that that was a legit thing for a long time. Yeah, had that work out. Well, she still thinks it's somewhat real. She's like, no, 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 it's just the universe thanking you. And I'm like, what does that mean, mum? What atoms are coming to me being like, yo, you done good. There's like, a what? <laughs> Like, I can't answer this for No me. one can, man. It's terrifying. Uh, there's a sequence here that I quite like where Nanami and Utena start, like, physically grappling and then Anthe stops them by going, Shh, look, Choo Choo's sleeping. Listen, he's grinding his teeth. 
I grind my teeth when I sleep. That's why I have to wear a mouth guard. It sounds like what they say some really weird things. Like the swaying of a rope bridge in the wind, and then Nanami is immediately distracted, and Antenna goes back to reading the diary. Uh, No, it's like the creak of a swing at the beach. Oh, it's like a (laughs) sound. It's like the last gasp of a dying man. (laughs) It's like the sound of a divorce paper being filed to the wrong inbox. We are so delighted to be treated to the sequence once again of Togakiryu punching out a kangaroo. <laughs> it is, and I think Suobuki is there, but he doesn't, yeah. you know. So they played these sequ- flashback sequences uh, out of the broadcast order, but in the order that we would have seen them had episodes five and eight not been switched in mm. production order. So I wonder, like, obviously, I've got to imagine a substantial amount of time has passed uh, since those episodes airing when this one is produced, but... Uh, Everyone's still confused yeah. by the, the workaround of, oh, we'll just take that and that. Boom, yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, quick bit of jokes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess? I mean, it's technically a joke where it's like... <laughs> the- In its most technical sense, there is a setup and a punchline, but how we got there... Mm, mm, like it's not much to be it's desired. It's not funny, but it happens. <laughs> okay. They're like, oh, we shouldn't be reading this diary. Suwabuki's feelings are in here. Doesn't that carry any weight? And then uh, Nanami is sitting on a scale being like, don't I carry any weight? And they're like, oh, about 49 kilos. Oh I'd no, say. I've gained weight. But then Choo Choo is also sitting on the scale. Ah, funny. I guess. But then they find his dark secrets. Strategies to make Nanami love him. <gasps> Strategies to make Nanami love him? Why, that's almost manipulative. Strategy number one is flashback to the sequence from the start of his introductory episode where she is walking alone at night and feeling threatened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then somehow she would end up in hospital and it'd be amnesiac. Mm -hmm. And he would be like, I'm your older brother. It's me, Kiryu. And she immediately goes, my brother. So I I turned to you and said during our watch, like, oh yeah, strategy number one is hit her on the head with a coconut so she gets amnesia. Mm. Which is a flawless strategy. Yeah. yeah, a tale as old as time. Indeed. Strategy number two, if Nanami turns into a cow again, this is what I'll do. So we get like almost the entirety of the scene where Utena's like, hey, hey, stop acting like a cow. Oh, crucially prior to this, uh, Suobuki does uh, swallow his pride and tie his bedsheet like a toga and be like, please don't read my diary anymore. And Nanami's like, no, you're plotting against me. It all must come to light. Uh, yeah, so we get almost the entire flashback sequence with her as a cow. Yep. And then At when the she end, when she turns into a when cow... When they're about to do their bullfight sequence... Suobuki stands in front of Utena. And is like, no, I shall also become a cow. He turns into a cow. He, well, he puts on the cowbell, which yeah. crucially is what... Uh, turns him into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he turns into the cow and then they both start mooing together. Yeah. Happily, dotefully, and reliquarily. No. Um... <laughs> Two out of three. D- Diminutuishly. Domsnastifly. Are you trying to say like docilely? That's the one. Dofully. Yeah. Uh, and then they're grappling and he's struggling. Accept it gracefully, Suwabuki. No, don't look at me. And his his um his sheet falls his, away. His toga falleth yep. off. We get to see his nice little, the school's nice little rose crested. Uh, slippers. Yep. Uh, infirmary slippers. Shot of elephant roaring, uh, choo-choo ringing a bell, because the joke is they can all see his penis, and Nanami is like, ah! and then she falls backwards out a huge stained glass window uh, and wakes up to reveal that she was actually the one unconscious in the infirmary, and Suobuki has been by her side this whole time, amending her schedule. Ah. And then she's like, 
stands up, she's in her full dueling uniform, give me that, reads his diary. Oh no, if she reads strategy number 24, I'm doomed. And that's the end of the episode. It's not a very eventful episode. No, but there's some good bits in there. Like, credit where it's due. Like, the last flashback episode had some good lore. This one has some good bits. They could be doing much worse. Could they? I mean, it's clearly a budget-saving measure. It's true, it is. And we know that the but rest they're, they're of the show is good. Yeah, they're trying to be creative with it at least, so you've mm. got to give them that. It could it could very easily just be... Flashback number one. And do you remember the other bit? Yeah. Flashback number two. Yeah. Yeah. Which would not be great. But... Or even, like, I remember, um, as listeners may recall from our Lost episode, I... Uh, <laughs> the I did, one that they never heard. I watched uh, Gurren Lagann recently, and I found mm. the flashback episodes in that very... Uh, just like, oh yeah, we're doing a flashback episode this time. Hmm. Not the best. No. But you know what is the best? Oh, uh, uh, there was uh, crucially a good bit. I'm saying crucially a lot today. That's the word of the day. You've got to say fundamentally. When Nanami stood up to snatch the diary, she just clicked her fingers and then Keiko and Ko were just bursting through the door like, yes, we're here. We, the vermin, have arrived. I'm just going to stop fighting you on that. (laughs) Oh, and then there was a shadow puppet play. What was the shadow puppet one? Was this the one with the monkey? Yeah. So, this is... I can only assume the final with Ark B Shadow Puppet Girl. Because <gasps> of next episode, the original recipe Shadow Puppet Girls are back. They fall from the UFO and are all like, yeah. oh my god, we're back. Extra, extra, I'm finished, I'm finished. And then a donkey is like, what's wrong? Uh, the king has ears like a donkey. A donkey, you say? It's awful. And the, then she, in the character of the king, is like, I'm not even a donkey. The truth is, I'm a monkey. And then the robot catching monkey from a few episodes. So, sorry. The monkey catching robot uh-huh. from a few episodes comes and catches her and is like, I have caught a monkey. And then she leaves in a UFO. Classic. And those three boys were there watching the whole thing. And then they harmonize the word curry over and over again. And we get a long shot of them in the uh, the long locker hallway of Otori Academy. And that's the end of the episode. It's a weird episode <laughs> yes. when you boil it down. But we now move into... Weirder in many different ways <laughs> is... Episode 25. <gasps> the new arc beginneth. Their eternal apocalypse. Ooh, like a like a destiny apocalypse? Absolutely. Ooh. I wasn't Ooh. even trying to do that. Sionji, yeah. still sore from the events surrounding his expulsion, vows to quit the dueling game. However, Toga and Akio have other plans for him. Plans B. It is raining quite heavily here right now, so apologies if that's picking up, but you might find it relaxing. You might think to yourself, JoJo's world with chill beats to relax to, while fireplace yeah. plays in background. Lo-fi beats to anime podcast to. <laughs> What's the, um, you know there's that, that old meme where it's like the jazz song from that anime, and then you put it to a fireplace and rain? No. <laughs> Good. I, do, I don't know. Good. There's like some jazz song that you put to Fireplace and Rain and it goes for like nine hours. Is this like lo-fi beats to study to? Sort or? of, yeah, but it's just this one jazz lo-fi track. Beats. Yeah, it's like this one jazz track that's like... Dun, 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 it's not dun, dun. The, fragrance, the fragrance of dark coffee from Phoenix Wright 3 Trials and Tribulations. I it? believe it is. I, I actually think okay. it might be that song. And then it's that with a Fireplace and Rain sounds okay. for eight hours. That was my ringtone for a while. It's a good song. It is a good song. Nick. Yes. Ikahara's commentary How for episode dare 25. You. Sure, let's do it. Fine. Let's fine. Fine. I'll let you read this to me. Do it harder, faster, stronger, better. 
I don't know the rest of the words of that song. Out of nowhere, Sayonji comes back all powered up. Why did he power up? Because he rode in the acting chairman's car, of course. Ah. Okay, so why does riding in his car let someone power up? The staff had this conversation during work on the episode. (laughs) Like, that's the end of the note. (laughs) (laughs) A was a salary man uh, at a certain small to mid-sized company. Mm-hmm. He was very clever at his job, so the company considered him an asset. But he was unable to stay motivated about his work. <gasps> this isn't the work I want to do. Stealing his resolve, he went to the CEO and spoke his mind, saying, I'd like to quit. Now, now, slow down there. Why don't you have dinner with me tonight? And so, A was taken to a certain sushi restaurant. The restaurant had no sign in front and was set slightly back from the road. Mm-hmm. It was the type of restaurant that didn't serve patrons without an introduction. Mm. This was the first time A had been to a sushi restaurant that wasn't the conveyor belt type. I see. He'd thought, always thought of a sushi restaurant as a place with menus or where the ingredients available were listed on a board behind the chefs. Liam, I have been scorned by your riddling before. Does this ha- riddle have an answer? Oh, now, Nick is, of course, referring to the time that I read him a very long and pointless riddle that featured in the Rude Tales of Magic Dungeons and Dragons Mm. podcast. Mm. And you said it with such sincerity, and at the end went, oh, no, they they found a trapdoor, and I went, what? (laughs) It was all pointless. What? Uh, Yeah, first time he'd been to a restaurant without one napkin conveyor belt or menus, uh, but in this restaurant, the choices weren't written down anywhere. Despite this, A's chef placed one piece of sushi after another in front of him Mm -hmm. without having him place any orders like Chutoro or Kanpachi. Yep, yep. Always at just the right time. And that wasn't all. Each piece melted in his mouth like no conveyor belt sushi he'd ever tasted. This, this is what an exclusive restaurant is like. At that point, the CEO who had been sitting silently beside him and having a drink with his supper began to speak. The s- brackets. The CEO wasn't eating any sushi. He was drinking and grazing on some sashimi. Mm. Isn't this place good? Huh? G- yes, sir. With me at your side, you can come to places like this every week. And what's more, every week? Shall we move on to the next place? Gulp, gulp sound. The two of them vanished into the busy streets, glittering with neon. The next day. A appears at work with the bright shining face of a whole new man. I'm not the same man I was yesterday. Co-workers. Huh? It's written like a play for some reason. Why? Why is this so long and elaborate? I've seen everything. I know how this work is set up now and that's why I'm here. And from that day forward, A's motivation skyrocketed. He'd completely forgotten about quitting the company. Apparently something like that happened. (laughs) Huh? Why does he ride on the hood of the car, you ask? Well, if you want to know that, you'd better come along. Ooh. So basically, the gist of it is that Toga and Akio take Sayonji on his car ride and show him status and power, possibly mystical power in that sense, but possibly mm. tangible earthly power, and that gets him back on board. And then he's just like, wow, this is fucking great. Yeah. Can I have this? And they're like, oh, kind of. Only if you defeat the Rose Bride again. Oh, I'm fucking into that. We open. (gasps) Car, driving, street lights, street lines, car, Akio, gear Gear shift, shift. car dials, exhort. Yeah, car dials, accelerometers, etc. You mean speedometers? Sure. Odometers? Yeah, pedometers. Fuelometers? Uh, Otherometers? I have a joke that I'm not sure if I want to make or not. I think I know what your joke is. Guess. Is it something to do with the pedometer? Yes. 
Is it something to do with some kind of take on the pedometer term? Yes. <laughs> Does it have something to do with children, Liam? Indirectly. And cars or vans? Look, all I was going to say that in the UK they call it a nonsometer. A nonsometer? Yeah. Look, those who get it will get it. Okay, all right. It's Akio driving around with Kiryu in the big night car. It's Wait, red, it's a convertible. Was that a fucking Homestuck reference? No, that was a pedophilia Oh, reference. okay, gotcha. Understood. Right. I'm with you again. Okay. Which, you know, potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love Homestuck dearing, like, just very dearly. Oh, why is that? It's like a big Look, pedophile reference. I'd like reference. to move on. Okay, all right. I, I know why I started this, but I would like to move okay, on. Okay, all right. It's Akio and Kiryu driving down the night car. It's a big red convertible. Uh, I think Akio's like, so, how are you feeling? Well, he's like, the throb of the engine feels... The car represents power, from what I can figure out, right? Mm, yeah, some kind of, like, some kind of mi- status and I mean, power. it's classic midlife crisis symbolism, right? <laughs> yeah. You're feeling insecure about your power, you get yourself a big red car with the top down, you go cruising, you kill the Rose Bride, and you're and all like, eternity. hell yeah. Uh, and we see for the first time Akio in what I would imagine is his equivalent of the student council dueling regalia... Because he's wearing a big white coat mm-hmm. with epaulets, as opposed to just like the the normal garb. Red shirts. His hair his is hair's down, down, not in that flowing. ponytail. Yeah, it's flowing along. Which I suppose uh, it symbolizes. Yeah, that's right. The hair yeah. symbolizes. Okay. Uh, him uh, discarding the uh, restrained and respectable mm. uh, persona that he assumes as the chairman of a Tory academy and being a full space pervert. He's he's. Donning his other face, if you will. Truly an auspicious occasion this episode as the sky pervert and the space pervert are striking up an alliance. (laughs) So from both the sky and the space, you will see it from all angles. Now we need only the land and sea. (laughs) The the great four perversions will be complete. I suppose... This sounds way too real. Nemoro might be the fire pervert. No, no, because he would be the underground but pervert. But the furnace and the burning of the hall, you know? Yeah, so it'd be like There's the a... earth pervert, Nah, right? I'm getting fire. Oh, okay, all right. So we got fire, sky. He's not that much of a pervert, though. He's just an evil therapist. That's fair enough. <laughs> That's fair enough, yeah. He's not really into being like, ooh, I want to see yeah, more. He only He's notably like... secretly watched someone once, from what I remember. Yeah. And then the rest, he was like, just give me the cliff notes. Yeah, That's yeah. it. So they're driving. And Akira's like, hey, want to drive? And Kira's like... But, well, I'm not old enough. Oh, no. You know, here at Otori Academy, we like our students to drive. Loose and limber. That's the Otori way. (laughs) The independence of the students. And they just drive into the night and then it's daytime. Hands them a bottle of whiskey. You sure you don't want to drive, kid? (laughs) Now, Nick, we learnt about this next sequence of events uh, in the next time on from the previous episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, And immediate red flags as we learn that... Utena and Anthe are moving out of their deserted dorm well, in- nice. into Akio's house. Oh no! The Wakaba is here to help them move in. Oh. And she is immediately charmed by the handsome chairman Akio. Oh no! The chairman is also cursed. Oh, this is the worst conceivable timeline. They're all moving in. Choo Choo's uh, there. He's on the vacuum. Hooray! He's in the vacuum, I think you mean. He's on he's on in and around the vacuum. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's grand, opulent yeah, and excessive. Huge. They're looking through the blinds outside. They've got a big 
space window. <laughs> yeah, big painting of space, I guess. Uh, there's a there's a rose kind of vase. I mean, there's thing. always roses, bu- right? A bouquet of roses in a golden vase yeah. before the space. And uh, Waka Baron Nutano just talking. I suppose this is our first indication that there's a big status quo change this arc. Mm. The first of many. Mm. Things are different and new. Wakaba is just super horny for Akio. He's like, wow, if I oh, if I lived under the same roof as a guy like that, just think of the romantic possibilities. I'm so jealous of and you. And is like, he has a fiancé. Hey, remember when you were living with Sionji for like six months? Aren't you still into him? No, I don't, because that might not have happened. And yet Sionji has returned to the school. Oh. Mm, think about it. No. Okay. I refuse. He's already got a fiancé. Oh, why have a hot guy is always taking... He's like 40... He's probably like 30, but come on, he's old. I don't think he's 30. I think he might be like 20-something. The point is, he's old and they're in high school. Not appropriate. Inappropriate chairman. And and sure, in this scene, it's just like a girl fantasising about someone. Like, mm. not ideal choice, because we know he's a villain, but <laughs> understandable. But we also know that he's a huge creep who might be sleeping with his sister. Mm. You know, it's like the classic... Ooh, I love the principal. He's so attractive. He must be like... Uh, something 70. that someone has never said. Yeah, and then followed by, oh, but he might be like under 30, over 20. So he's uh, in the room now and he's like, I don't have any other family, so I want to keep my little sister near me. Yeah. But I felt bad about separating her from her dear friend. So I imposed on Utena to move in here as well. Hmm. Normal. Hmm... I don't know how I feel about this so, so far. Okay, this next exchange, like Wakaba's really laying it on thick. Like, uh-huh. I'm a good friend of Anthe's too. Here, let me pour you some tea. Oh, oh, thanks. And uh, then like two things, like two conversations break off here, one entirely silent, mm-hmm. um, where like Wakaba and uh, Utena start bickering about how thickly Wakaba was laying it on. But then there's just like this dark, meaningful look. <laughs> <laughs> Akio's giving to Anthe Glaring daggers at Anthe Like how dare you enjoy yourself Like a normal human You think you deserve this you dumb rose bitch mm-hmm. That's it None you're, of that is said You're but... merely my puppet I assume Okay and then student, we assume. student council meeting Sionji's there He's drawing a hard line He slams the letter from end of the world onto the table I'm not doing this anymore I'm out all right, I'm out of this crime life. I'm breaking. Oh, and the out um, of the Breaking Bad. The random symbols that are happening in the background this time is, of course, baseball game. <gasps> a baseball game? Yeah, nice. That's the one where you catch the ball. I in the would mitt. contend. Go on. That there's a lot of similarity. Uh huh. Between storytelling in Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. Yep. And storytelling. In Blazeball. How so, Liam? How so? Well, it's a lot of abstract interpretation. Yep. Uh, of course, in Blazeball, the difference is it's on the part of the fan base mm-hmm. from randomly generated baseball events, largely, with some cutscenes. Yep, yep. And in Antenna, of course, we're dealing with a lot of abstract symbolism, which is ambiguous and up to the viewer to interpret. Mm-hmm. I would dare say that is a stretch. <laughs> well... Utana is, of course, known for doing stretches when she is. Uh, <laughs> it all comes back to splort. I can't trust what's these what's in these letters, and I'm no one's pawn. I'm Sayonji, damn it. Uh, and I believe there's a strike yep. here in the baseball game behind them. Uh, and Mickey helpfully exposits to us that, like, oh, yeah, so I got this letter and I checked it out, and indeed, the dueling arena has changed. There's a lift there now. And then in the background, you're out! Mm-hmm. A gondola has appeared. You're out! A gondola? T- 
to carry us to a new stage. Three strikes. It's basically just exposition to be like, yeah, so we uh, we revamped the uh, going to the dueling arena stock footage. Look, we heard you all saying, seems a bit samey. So we thought... Yeah, we're going right. to make it way more intimate between Anthony and Utena. Look, we got a plan, all right? We're revolutionising the way we do this. Yep. It's the last season, let's fucking go. I never signed up to be anyone's lackey. He storms off. You're out, game set. Uh, and then as he's walking away, there's all this uh, confetti. Uh, Celebrations. Nanami's like, God, I don't want to be anyone's goon either. Jury looks up. She's wearing some lipstick. Who Mickey's, is the end of the world? Mickey's just looking on. They're all very, being very pensive. Mm. Mm. Meanwhile. In the space fuck dome. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> In Akio's secret space sex palace. <laughs> when I grow up, I want to go to the sexy space palace. Sorry, it's um, it's what I would consider one of the more blatant pieces of uh, of storytelling symbolism in mm-hmm. this show mm-hmm. because he's like, he, okay, a he's putting his hand around Utena and she's blushing. Akio's uh, putting his hand he's around Utena. Like, yeah. Look at that star shining brightly. It's, my name is derived from it, but it's also known as Lucifer. <gasps> like, and that's just like, so like one-to-one, Akio is the devil, yep. right? But what if this is like to pull the rug out from under us at the end where it's like, I wasn't the bad guy at all. I was the good guy. I was trying to protect you from Toga Kiryu. Don't and you I, get and it? And I just like to sleep with my sister for normal reasons. Yeah, th- that's perfectly reasonable, right? We all sleep with our sister. That's how it works. Mickey and Kazuhe. Bam. Nanami and Toga. Bam. That's all we got in sibling, sibling land. Uh, what, what about... Uh... Surely there's another sibling duo here. Or should I say sibling couple? Shut up. <laughs> uh, we've danced this dance before. Like, uh, Utena is like thinking, I've, he seems so familiar to me. Could he be my prince? Do I have feelings for him as a result? Uh, of course, the implication that we learn later this episode seems to be that he is indeed the real deal uh, for the ruse that Kiryu was mm. uh, pulling in, in his arc. Mm. We know that. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And in much the same way that space perversion is a greater version than sky perversion, uh-huh. Akio is a greater version of the same antagonist that Kiryu posed himself as, mm. being manipulative and uh, emotionally... Harrowing. Well, I, I suppose I'm manipulative again, but he's manipulative in both the scheming sense mm. and the emotional manipulation sense. That bastard. He's the worst of Makage and Kiryu combined. I guess. He has the white hair of Kiryu. Of the devil. (laughs) He has the white hair of Lucifer and the red shirt of Lucifer. So there are all these shots in this of like, Anthe is just in the room watching them essentially cuddle and look at the stars. With with like big white reflecty glasses. So that we can't see her expression. And it looks like very ominous, very glaring, very terrifying. So the thing is though, like, we are, of course, of the opinion that Akio is manipulating her mystically somehow. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this is part of that, because we can't see her face, so that's like unknowable motivations, etc. Mm. Uh, and then she's clearly just standing there watching, but then when she interrupts them, she's acting as if she's just entered the room, because she mm. comes up and says, dinner's just about ready. And uh, Utena's like, oh, great, I love dinner. I was Food's just thinking great. about how hungry I was, bye. And Akio's like, <laughs> 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 yes. I'm evil now. 
And then it's... He was always evil. I'm much more blatantly evil now. Ah, there we go. We are served upon a golden platter. The new bedroom, in silhouette, they lie down past each other. Uh, and they have one... Say, how, to, how, how to describe it's this, It's sort Nick? of like a big S shape, right? It's, it's technically speaking two beds, <laughs> but they are joined by a purple overlapping field designated for hand-holding. Yeah, the much rumored designated hand-holding bed that I had heard about. And man, it's glorious. And I was very confused because for the first time in the show, Anthe has let down her apparently very long hair in this this and the whole sleeping time, sequence. The whole time I've been like, yeah, she just had her hair up the whole time. It's fine. It's just her hair was up. Now it's just very long yeah. and a different color. <laughs> yeah, Archeo's a-, a really nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a really yes. nice guy. Except. When he talks about the stars, he gets a lonely look in his eyes. Uh, like mm. he's lost something very precious. So mm. this bedroom is ridiculous. It's got a huge skylight with a rose iron framing and stained glass window just looking up at space. And then other than this handholdy bed, there does not appear to be any furniture in the room. You were like, this is a shit bedroom. This is, this is a Dark Souls bedroom. Yeah, I would love to sleep in this bedroom. Look how spacious and quiet it looks. The stars looking over you. He seems so familiar. There are times you seem familiar to me as well, Miss Utena. Ooh. And they're just staring into each other's eyes. It's like very romantic. No, it's not. No, no, it's not <laughs> it's very romantic. platonic. It's very friendly, all right? They're just very good friends. Uh, Utena's like, if you ever have a problem, you can come to me. Uh, and she's like, thank you. And then they hold hands in the designated hand-holding zone. Which is platonic. I want us to be friends like that. And she has, Anthony briefly flashes to a picture of herself in the red rose dress, uh, in it, embracing, I would say. Yep. The, well, it's clearly going to be Archeo, but it's the huge white prince cl- cape cloak. Yep. Yep. So it, he's hugging her back, has gloved hands. Mm-hmm. And from now on, we'll live to help each other. And they hold hands and they go to sleep. Oh, so there is a moment where she goes to confess secrets to Utena. The secrets we've been craving for 25 episodes. The truth is, I... What? Never mind. Let's just get some sleep. Let's just hold hands and sleep. Sayonji is in the kendo room and Kiryu comes to emotionally manipulate him. Sayonji is squeezing water from a cloth, insinuating he was cleaning the kendo room. Oh, Sayonji, you're sure to be the champion in the local tournament this year. Sayonji stands upright as if mocked. Basically just like, fuck you, man. I know you burnt my exchange diary. (laughs) Remember that? You brought this upon yourself. Your exchange diary was lame and weak. Kiryu basically just smugs up this whole conversation and Sayonji is calling him out for being smug. But then he's like, Ah, you say you've given up on the duels, but I can still hear it in your heart. Look, do you hear? The sound of that thrumming engine of the end of the world. And then a huge red car drives into the kendo room. Literally, it's like, what the fuck are you talking? I don't hear. Oh my God, it's a red car. (laughs) Like the kendo room has no way a car could even enter the room. No way. Even, even with the generous architecture of a Tory Academy. <laughs> even with the double doors leaning inwards. Oh, crucially as well, the license plate of the red car is a Tory. It just says a Tory. Yep. Yeah. Sayonji and Kiryu then get in the car after well, much... Well, I, I, okay, don't, I right. don't want you to skip over the bit where, Sayon, where Kiryu, backlit by bright white light, is like, come, come with us. And then and he opens up his coat. Throws his arms out to reveal that his coat, is, his coat is open and he's shirtless beneath us. Follow us to the world you seek. And then the car shows up. 
And he's just awkwardly standing there pointing. Yep, and they're driving. And over the course of this conversation, we see that uh, Akio, who is driving, uh, also has his coat open and no shirt. Just a bunch of shirtless dudes cruising down the highway. <laughs> what powerful visage. Man, it's going to be really awkward when small-framed Mickey gets in the car with these people. Oh, you, you know what I... this is? This is that fucking um, What is Love you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the three of them are just in the car being like, heads. yeah, we got this. We got this. Yeah. But Sayonji still has his coat fully buttoned up. Yeah. Because he's weak. Yet to embrace the power of the engine. Yet to love the power of being shirtless with a coat on. Yet to punch a kangaroo in the fucking face. So Kiryu is just all like, do you still aspire to eternity and the Rose Bride? Hey, I don't trust you, he says. But I'm your... Kiryu, I don't think Kiryu realises what a cell phone this is when he keeps being like, aren't you my only friend? <laughs> and Sayonji's like, no, I'm past that now. Yeah, like, friendship yeah, but, doesn't exist. Yeah, but aren't, aren't, aren't you my only friend? Aren't you my only friend? Crucial exposition here too. Mm. Remember when we found that little girl in the coffin? Well, that same night, Akio saved that girl. <gasps> Akio no. equals prince. Definitely, right? Might Has not, to be. Might not equal Sky Prince, but equal Utena Prince. Mm, some form of Prince to help revolutionize world get Prince. Yes, maybe. Yeah, show makes sense. Surely. I now fully understand what the car represents. I have no choice but to revolutionize the world. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen, but if it did... Man, that'd be a fucking twist. I mean, it basically happens and then he gets back on board, right? Yeah, Sayonji's just like, wait a minute, you're telling me that if I'm more powerful, I can get what I yeah. want? Well, Sayonji leans forward and is like, who the hell are you? Grabs his shoulder and then Akio once again says, the throb of the engine feels good, doesn't it? Look, let me... Oh, say so he says, I reveal the end of the world. Does and that mean that you're the end of the world, you son oh of a bitch? Oh my god. Let me put the car into drive more and then while it's going faster, climb out onto the dash and sit on it for a while. So he literally takes off his shirt more, like Just his coat more. Cruises down the metaphysical night highway of the soul with his shirt off. Sitting on the bonnet, steering, just kind of leaning over. Is this ghost riding the whip? Or is mm. this teen wolfing? I want to say both on some level, right? Because... I, hmm. This is like the opposite of planking if you did it to a car. Yes. You know what I mean by that sentence, even though it doesn't really work? Yes. Yeah. So Mickey is still our friend. We're just going to make his inevitable next duel mm -hmm. all the sadder, I'm sure. Yep, he's still there with us. Because he is finally sharing some information about this whole setup with Utena. He's like... Hey, we cut midway into the conversation with the tenor being like, I never got any letters from the end of the world. And Mickey's like, aha, I didn't think you knew anything about him. See, here's the thing about end of the world. Well, no. <laughs> here's the thing about the dueling arena. Oh. There's a lift now. And Utena's like, a lift? Mm. A gondola? Mm. Ooh, that sounds good. And then Sionji is in the doorway to the garden in front of a red car. And he's like, hey, baby, have you missed me? And he's evil again. And he's all like, that gondola is the wings which will fly to the end of the world. I will carry the Rose Bride and I to the castle where eternity dwells. Utena is just like, are you fucking drunk? Is this like. I thought you gave up on the fucking duels, you, you jerk. I'm not the same man I was yesterday. I went for a night drive. He slaps Mickey out of the way. Yeah, Mickey, to his credit, runs between him and Anthe because, of course, Sionji has a long history of walking up to Anthe and slapping her 
possibly with swords. And Mickey's like, well, this this can't happen again, yeah. surely. Mickey is effortlessly slapped away and Utena runs to help him, uh, allowing Sionji to grapple Anthe and... Grope her relentlessly. Challenge, challenge to duel. Mm. He's like, yeah. He's like, the Rose Bride is mine. Anthe and belongs gone, to me. He's gone full evil face. Mm. He's gone crazy look from guy at, like, dollar store. Hey, have you seen this, like, puppet? It speaks to me. And you're like, okay, man, I'm going to go now. I was like, it speaks to me. Okay, sure. You know that guy. No. Man, we had very different childhoods. So Utena shouts, let her go, Sayonji, and we don't see how that transitions to getting to the dueling arena because instead we have a shadow puppet play. Because the UFO that the first two girls, Aiko and Biko, Mm -hmm. left in... Crashes and returns. Aiko and Biko? Yeah, I never talked about this, but their name... And the name of the one last dark was Seiko. Ah. Not Psycho? No, Seiko. Though, if you ask me, she's... There um, we go. That's the pun I wanted to bloody hear, mate. That's the one I bloody wanted. Have you heard the news? There's going to be more duels. Yay, great. And they look at each other like, teamwork is hard, but teamwork makes the dream work. Two people are better for this job than one. Half the suffering and double the pleasure. Which sounds weird. And then they, but, like, have roommate arguments. You used my shampoo last night. You ate my pudding. Yeah, well, it was two weeks old. Was it two weeks old? It's hard to work as a team. But you gotta do it I to guess make that's the kind of work. foreshadowing uh, the fact the that... The Anthe bit? Not, the, for, not for the very first time, but for one of the most mm. significant times to date, Anthe is going to be rejecting her Rosebride neutrality in mm. this sequence. And she's going to be like, what if human emotions are valid? Because what's going on here? This reminds me, of course, I've watched a couple of duels from Adolescence of Utena, the movie, as you know. Including the first Sionji one, which plays out very similarly in large part. You know, she brings the wooden Mm. sword, or I think it's a broom in that case. Yeah. And that's cut up by Sionji wielding the sword of Dios. Mm. No, Sionji's wielding his kendo sword. Because in the movie version of that duel, something very similar to what happens this episode happens. Where the Rose Bride rejects neutrality. And leaps towards uh, Mm. Tenna to do a sword pull out of person manoeuvre. Right, okay. Mm. Interesting. So, you know, it's kind of a compressed arc situation, I guess. Through lines and through So the new Absolute Destiny Apocalypse song... Mm -hmm. Which is still the same it's, song. It's, it, well, yeah, but it's built upon, much like it added the masculine chor- choral voices. Now there's fucking synths. Yep. It's just more epic. And now there's a gondola. Yeah, so we go up We go up through the gate like usual. Mm-hmm. Past the waterfall. Yep. Past the next gate. And we see the huge spiral staircase. But then there's a nice lift, which Anthe is sitting in. And as Lieutenant approaches Anthe, Anthe disappears and her clothes clatter to the ground. They don't clatter, they just fall softly because they're clothes. Yeah. Her, her hard metal clothes clatter to the ground. <laughs> uh, and then throughout the rest of the sequences, we get shots of a rose plant growing within and around those clothes, mm. which I guess is... The Rose Bride. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And like, fruition of identity? Or is it the, like, the... Because then Anthe is travelling with Utena up, mm. but is it like the inhuman element of her character or whatever's going on as personified by the Rose Bride. I reckon maybe it's time for Anthe to blossom. I reckon it's time for <laughs> Anthe to, unlike Dio Brando, mm. embrace her humanity. Ooh. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. We can only hope. We can only hope. So then Utena gets in the gondola. Yep. And then... Like, nude Anthe is in front of her briefly, but then she flashes into her ceremonial dueling dress. Her true form. And she 
Uh, she does, as we continue to ascend, she does the hand motion that she typically does to change Lieutenant's clothes. But now it's far more intimate. It's right in front of her. And she's like and touching she's, she's her. she's momentarily abstract symbolism anime nude. And then, and then she then. just blossoms into her full outfit. Boom. Boom. Full transformation sequence. Uh, and then they arrive at the top in a flurry of pink rose petals. Uh, and I believe the tree has now fully grown. <laughs> and crucially, uh, through the gate that a tenor would normally enter through a is car. the silhouette of a car. A silhouette of a big red Which car. His headlights turn on as Sayonji enters the arena. Sword in sheath, dick in pants, ready to go. Yeah, he's fully clothed. That's what I mean. Sayonji, you've got to let this go. If you love Himamaya, look at it from her point of view. Oh, I used to do that, but now I don't want to anymore. Looking from other people's perspectives is weak. Yeah, so quote, I too once considered the Rose Bride's feelings, but now I know better. She has no will of her own. Mm. So the sword, and they start the fight. A bunch of cars emerge out of the ground uh, on their hind legs, pointing it's, upward. It's similar to... Um... Unlimited Blade Works <laughs> from Fate Stay Night. Mm. It's similar to... um, You know when the big the big pillars came out? Yeah, yeah, back yeah. in uh, season one. Yeah, exactly. It's but similar cars. to that. Yeah, but with cars. Yep. And they're not as tall or as imposing. They're just cars. Yeah, just a bunch of cars, like half emerge from the ground. Yeah, they're all oh, stuck it's in there. Be- it's beautiful. Like After this, they're going to try mm. and drive to the sea before the seagulls pick them off. Yeah, it's like Jumanji with the mosquito It things. is like Jumanji yeah. when the monsoon turns their the floor of their house into quicksand. Exactly, exactly Get a bunch like of that. cars stuck in it. Yeah, and then it gets stuck and it's like, oh. But opposite. Yeah, because now it's a car, not so a person. So there's also a single moving car that symbolises Sayonji's fortunes in the duel. Like, he runs along the side of the arena and it drives on its side along the side of the arena and then when mm. he's defeated, it, like, skids to a halt as if it's crashed. Mm, it's symbolic of his drive. I guess. Ah. I'm no longer the man you beat before because I saw it. What did you see? The world. And they're clashing. And then, oh no, bad things happen. Why, is that the prince? No, it's uh, not. Is that the sword of Dios? Yes, it glows and then it disappears. And she's like, oh shit, I've got no sword now. And he's still coming. And then Akio and Kiryu are both in the sky pervert's roost watching through their binoculars being like, the sword of Dios vanished. Well, that's not fucking good, is Akio it? Akio looks concerned, but I thought this was going to be part of his plan. He looks vaguely shocked and not happy. Yes. Yeah. And Anthea is just standing there with her neutral lit up glasses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in front of a car. Looking ominous. And her eyes are kind of blank. And then as she sees Utena keep in- dodging this katana. She's in real trouble. She has a flashback to when they were holding hands in bed. Utena mm-hmm. being like, if you have a problem, you can come to me. And then her eyes seem to awaken a bit. Mm. And then she seizes the momentum. And he's like, Utena, let's fucking do a cool new sword thing. So she pushes Utena out of the way as Sionji tries to cut her. Yep. And then Sionji's like, what? What is happening? Oh, and crucially, the lyrics here were egg perfection. Origin of the nest. Yeah. So good. Stamen, pistol, a single seed. And uh, Anthe reverses the normal. Embraces Utena, puts Mm. her hand over her breast, and Utena glows, and Anthe pulls a sword out of Utena that Utena can then wield, which is kind of a synthesis, if you will. Uh-huh. Follow me, follow me. Okay. It's yep. a synthesis of the sword of Dio's drawing mm-hmm. and the black sword, black rose duelists. Pulling the sword from the other person. Yeah. yeah. So Utena, uh, sorry, Anthe is pulling a sword from her loved one mm-hmm. so that her loved one, Utena, 
can wield it. Ah, it's right? like a very non-toxic version of the Black yep, Rose. That's what I'm driving at. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as I said to you as well uh, during the watch, it's basically um, Scott Pilgrim, the power of self-respect yeah. sword. Instead of the like ultimate, yeah, it's the power of Which, love. Which, you know, that, that movie being loaded with like nerd culture references, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a... Uh, a slight reference? Mm. Mm. Uh, yep, so new new um, new sequence of this and new... Um, uh, it's not power of Dios that sleeps within me, come forth. It's rose of nobility, please come forth. Rose of nobility? Yeah. That's different. New sword name, mm. question mark? It looks the same, basically. Mm. Basically. Grant, uh, grant us the power to bring the world revolution. Ooh. And he says... Teamwork makes teamwork. the dream work. Symbiosis. Much like the Gungans and the Naboo. <laughs> Okay, I'll leave it with that. Yep, I'll let you have that. Then all the cars facing the sky turn on their lights and the Sky Prince comes down and uh, Utena defeats Sionji so hard that we don't even see him get defeated. We just see him lying on the ground next to a spun-out car with green roses fluttering everywhere. Truly, his drive to go on has been careened <laughs> off his we'll path. And we'll never see him again. Oh, poor Sionji. I uh, say, not caring. And then Akio and Kiryu... In a bed in the sky pervert's roost, reclining shirtlessly, being like, oh, Sionji, you truly were a fool. Ah, but Akio, isn't this bad? Oh, you are an evil man. Aren't you enjoying this game, my boy? (laughs) And then, to close us out, uh, we're in the space sexolium. (laughs) The space sexolium. Yeah. Uh, The space sexolium. Yep. And it's Akio being with Anthe... Uh, he's gazing out at the space sky. The yep. sword of Dios did not appear, and yet she still won the duel. Anthea is magnificent. Anthea is sitting behind him, yep. demurely, with those big, brightly lit up glasses yep. to hide her emotions. Yep. Come here, Anthea. She hesitates, and then he grabs her more forcefully. <gasps> she tries to get away, but then, she cannot. Uh, Utena is sitting, staring outside of her own space bedroom window at a huge Saturn, mm-hmm. and being like. Keeping anti him Saturn in mythology was, of course, what as reds. What is that? Greek, Roman, uh, Roman, and like one of the Titans. Is that right? I don't know. I think Saturn was a god because all the planets are named after gods. God of generation, dissolution, plenty, wealth, agriculture, periodic renewal, and liberation. Liberation. Mm. Ooh, definitely not what's happening in this scene. But unless we're unless we're aligning Utena. With Saturn. Yeah. Liberation, power. Agriculture. Revolution. Egg. Egg. The origin of the nest. We have, we are the chick. We need to break out. The origin of the nest. Oh. (laughs) Great. You know, you can just throw enough symbols towards each other and something will make sense. Look, if you have an egg and a pineapple, you smush them together, what do you got? Where's Anthe? What's keeping her? And then we have this weird moment. Where Anthe is, Anthe, her glasses cast aside... Like some kind of uh, moment of head of problematic uh, glasses off. It's like Look, someone Nick, threw I appreciate them off. that you're trying. It's like someone threw them off. Like, that's the word. And I she's want. clearly nude, but we can barely see her body because over her is well, we are to assume from context clues the body of Archeo, but it's like space. Mm. Like we can see the shape of her body, but all the texture is space. It's like big see-through space man. And of course, Archeo is aligned with space. Mm. He's the spaceman. The space pervert. Mm. Now, what if it's actually Saturn who's... Yeah, what if it's just the personification of space, which Archeo has been obsessed with because he's so desperately trying to keep it back? 
Yikes. That would be stupid. I would lose all respect for this show. Would you? Sure, why not? Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this one. My highlight would probably have to be... Uh, see, it's a tricky one this time. I know what yeah, my lowlight's going to be. Okay, well, I think, you know, two very different episodes. Mm. Two very good episodes in their own way, I think. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm going to have a hard time picking a highlight. So why don't you go? Okay, well, wait. hang on a minute. <laughs> you said you were going to go. You said you knew your lowlights. I do know my low. Oh, my lowlight. Yeah. Yeah, well, my lowlight is probably just going to be... When Suabuki comes out and then his toga falls off and everyone's like, oh my god. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, correct. Yes. That's that's what's there. <laughs> what a shame. And then Nanami falls out a window. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what a shock. Let me fall out the window. It's like, really? Really though? Really? Hmm. What's your low light? My low coward? light is, okay, I, I, I was into like the framing device for the flashback episode. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that it was all a dream anyway, kind of un, like... Undid all you the were, tension. You were doing storytelling around a, um, around like a, clearly a budget restrained episode. And mm. that was good. But then the fact that none of it happened kind of undercuts it. Uh, like it was funny to see Utena and Anthony come to realise that Nanami like sabotaged them on the night of the ball. Yeah. Um... But what if it wasn't just a dream? What but to if... be fair, if you are going to pull it was all a dream on something, best to do it on a joke episode. Yeah, but what if, right, say, it wasn't just a dream and she fell out and this is just the continuation Ooh. of events. Zubuki's just gotten she better. She literally fell out a window. Yeah, yeah, literally she just fell out. She's like, a human penis? What the fuck? That's not my brother's? That's not my brother's dick. <laughs> what a <laughs> fucked up show. Yeah. Highlights. I think my highlight, because it's new and I can say it, is the new Absolute Destiny Apocalypse stock footage sequence. <laughs> you really wanted to say that, didn't you? I did. Mm. I would say my highlight is probably going to be the, and as weird as it's going to sound, the Arkyo being like, come closer, Anthony. Oh, well, he's so fucking the sinister. Weird, it's yeah. really well executed. Yeah, and now I'm like, oh my god, what is going on? Like, he, like we, we got bad vibes from him last arc, obviously, but yeah. he was keeping a respectable face up. This one is just like, come here. And it's like, oh God. Yeah. Oh no. Oh dear. Now it's just real, real bad. Yeah. What a bad dude. We don't, I'm going to cancel him. This is like the real, like, oh, is this, is this abuse or is this like, you know, worse? Now, Nick, I see, I'm looking at future episode titles. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't necessarily want to commit to doing a double uh, okay. next week, but we, I see that we do have a joke, a, a real episode and a joke episode, so we may want to. Mm, it's an option okay. available to us, so let's consider it. Anyway, okay. the point being, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next time on Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the name of this arc is, <laughs> Mr. Archeo's a bad boy. <laughs> Mr. Archeo's a bad boy arc. Rise of the space pervert. Mm-hmm. In Mickey's Nest Box, parentheses, the sunlit garden arranged. Ooh. Okay. So it's a Mickey app. Yeah. I, mm. I'm i willing to wager that this episode will have that duel that we saw that made us want to watch the show. Yes. Which we have not watched since we saw it. I reckon that's true. But why would Mickey be Why would Mickey be, be seduced by the power of driving in a car? What if? What if? Because we had Mickey's sister in the car, right? Yeah. What we, if, we vaguely remember that. What if Mickey's sister... Oh, the way is like, to Mickey's heart is through Kazuwe. Yeah, so what if Mickey's sister is the one that convinces him, oh, you need to be more uh, powerful and no, more no, assertive. Yeah, I, I fucking got this. Okay. Akio takes Kazuwe in the car with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe Kiryu again seduces her. Yep, yep. And then... <laughs> you remember that thing that he did? 
and, yeah. and then Kazue starts pressuring Mickey. Yes. Yes, I think that's probably what's like, going to happen. Oh, take the Rose Bride. You deserve her. Mm. You got to be more assertive, Mickey. You got to take what you want in this world. Yeah. The end of the world. But I also like because Mickey, Mickey's a good boy ultimately, right? We can agree. Yeah. He's Otena's friend. Sure. More, more so than any of the other student council. He'll be very apologetic. I but hope he'll do it. that there is an element of respect there, mm-hmm. and I hope that he accepts his inevitable loss in good faith. Oh, he will. Yeah. But he'll also be like, I'm sorry, I need to get the Rose Bride. I just need to do it. This has to be the way. And Uten will be like, what? I would like this to be his final duel, Mm. and I would like him to accept. Unless. Unless he doubles down. Unless Mickey, being true to form, loyal, a good boy, gets a letter from End of the World. Ah. What if? I mean, he probably. I mean, potentially, right? And he'll be all like, the rules have changed. Now it's 2v2. Well, we know that's not what happens. Yeah, but what if? What if it does? But it doesn't. We've seen it. But maybe it does. Who knows? Nick. Yes. The other episode that we will potentially watch next week or in a subsequent episode mm-hmm. is, of course, Nanami's Egg. <gasps> Nanami's Egg? In which, uh, from from the one clip we've seen, it appears that Nanami believes lays or an lays egg. an egg or believes she does... Uh, and has a lot of shame about that. Mm, a lot of social embarrassment regarding one's egg. Yes. Mm, I'm sure we can all feel that on a deep, profound level. Each day, I think, my egg is okay. But is it? Shame on you, Nanami. Carrying an egg. That's not Says even a good egg. 40-year-old dubbed Suwabuki. <laughs> Who himself is also carrying an egg for prep for well, when an egg you never may recall gets laid. He's doing a little uh, Russian leg dance. Yeah, which is very... Okay, okay. Maybe Nanami, after the whole cow thing, thinks that maybe she's a chicken. Or what if she thinks it's like a Fabergé egg, but it's just an egg. Oh, so one day it just emerges. She's like, did I create this egg? Yeah. Did someone give me this egg? You know know what a Fabergé egg is, right? Like a chocolate egg? No, it's like a jewels... Oh, one of those like super like like, ornate engraved and like carved eggs. Yeah. And they're like... Two million dollars yeah, each. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're covered in jewels and shit. Yeah, it's that th- just make it's you just go pointless. But why? Yeah. Well, it's not pointless. It's very expensive. Oh, well, perhaps you can take me on a night car drive and teach me to aspire to having a Fabergé egg. Let me tell you about something called Otori Academy Let me just egg. Unbutton my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just undo my hoodie. And am I? This isn't a shirt I'm wearing oh. underneath. Alternate take. Yeah. Nanami, here's Kiryu okay. talking about how we need to break out from the egg. And he is the chick. Oh. He's like, I can carry my brother with me always. What if someone convinces her that she has laid an egg and in order for Kiryu to be okay, she needs to take care of the uh, egg? It's very um, year seven project. Prove you can care for a baby by keeping this egg uncracked for a week. Exactly. Right, but it's somehow linked to Kiryu. We we know it's somehow. I mean, it's Nanami. It's fucking Nanami, right? It has to be linked to Kiryu somehow. We just don't know how yet. Great. Yep. Well, I look forward to seeing how it all shakes out. In the meantime, you should listen to a little podcast called JoJo's World. <gasps> That's us! Yep. And you will listen to another episode of it next time. But until then, to, to be, be continued. continued.